Hello and welcome, welcome to um, uh, episode two of Talking Bollocks with me, your host, Howard H. Smith, former lead singer with um, Acid Rain, who? Never heard of him. Um, I do stand-up now as well as a, a character called Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Right, that's enough of my ego. Um, welcome back. Um, if you, if indeed you are coming back. If not, then uh, you've only missed one episode. Go and download that. And um, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. However you found us, it's, um, it's great that you have. Um, coming up on this month's Talking Bollocks, I talk a lot of bollocks with um, Gamma Bomb. Um, top man, top lads. Uh, it's a really interesting chat, actually. Even even if I do say my, so, so uh, even if I do say so myself. There you go. Um, that will be left in to prove that um, I can't fucking edit to save my life. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's warts and all this month, folks. Um, oh, there we go. That's my uh, that's my mobile. Uh, you'll notice the South Pevin ringtone. Um, forgot to switch that off before the show, so I will be doing that at some point. Don't worry. Um, Anyway, yeah, uh, chat with Gamma Bomb, which coming up, which is um, which is really cool. We had uh, we had a right old chat. It was um, it was really good to catch up with those boys. I haven't seen them for for quite a while, um, and uh, yeah, we end up talking about all sorts. Well, no point in telling you, is there? Because you're going to listen to the interview, so no point in me spoiling it. But um, yeah, there you go. Um, also, a, a few bits of uh, a few bits of housekeeping from the last episode, um, I suppose, which. Um, more than anything, I say, you know, first off, I should go really to um, asking people to send in suggestions for the name of the show. Um, as you probably tell, we're uh, we're sticking with talking bollocks, um, but I would like to give, I believe, the phrase is a shout out, um, uh, as the kids say. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Owen Fitzgerald. Props, Owen. Um, ask people to send in ideas for name of the show. And Owen uh, blew you all out of the water. Um, just a simple email. It's great. It's it's entitled um, uh, names for show, right? Show name ideas, and it just says here's twenty, and these are them, right? H is happy hour, which could be an over an hour. H is heavy metal hullabaloo. Smith shit pit. Howard the Ducks mosh pond. Quite like that. Satan slamboree. Old farts rock radio. You can fuck off with that. Um, old uh, psycho Smith's metal circus. Doctor Demento's uh, dimension mosh. Doctor Demento's metal dimension. Not sure who Doctor Demento is. If I'm, if that's me in in there. Howard Smith's Oral Assault. That just sounds like some sort of porn film. Um, Satan's Death Gore Hellfire Tits Beer Chaos Show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like that. H is Obnoxious Broadcast. Like it. Um, H, H is... He sorry, he is heavy. He's H. Yes, I'm not a fat cunt. Thank you. Um... The Joke's on You, uh, The Pit of Dr. Moshkinstein, more pits, The Pit of DJ Moshkinstein, The Crypt of Carcophony, Metal Up Your Minge, um, again, just sounded like some sort of weird porn film, Smith's Sonic Sodomy, porn film, Metal as Fuck with Howard the Duck, yet yeah, nice rhyme, not a duck though, so not quite working, 
But um, uh, yeah, what can I say? Owen, nice work, top work, fella. Um, if you send in your address, email your address in, and um, and the lovely people at All About the Rock will um, will send you uh, some sort of gift um, of that. I'm sure what it'll be, I don't know because uh, they <laughs> they haven't got a clue I'm doing this. So there you go. Um, which leads me nicely into um, All About the Rock. Uh, obviously, well, well, maybe not. Obviously, you you may well have found this podcast. Um, through that website. Um, if not, go back to it and check it out. There's some great, uh, great interviews in there, great art, um, articles run by really cool people, um, and they must be pretty damn cool because they're letting me uh, ruin their website with a monthly podcast. So uh, you know, and they've uh, and and also just to tease next month's show, which is a bit cheeky already. Um, gonna have a serious couple of dudes um, to interview. I I don't want to say who they are. I don't want to say what it is. Um, but suffice to say that they are incredibly cool interviews. But as is anything with the music business, there's no point in telling you um, the whole you know low, low down now because it well it could well all just fall apart at the last minute and not happen and i'll end up looking like a twat um so or even bigger twat than usual some of you might be thinking um so yeah uh, but all i can say is next month wow definitely coming on next month's show will be the rob cavastani death angel interview um decided to leave it out of this episode because um myself and gamma bomb do actually we did we we work up quite ahead of steam and and the interview is is i think about 48 minutes long so um you know it's really to get something really to get your teeth into there um it is uh, better because i had the uh, had the mic Woo, mic um had the mic this time um but i can only apologize in advance as i do in the interview um for uh, background noise um that's something that we just had no control over unless i can actually sit down with a band outside of a venue and sometimes even that's difficult because we reanimated we had all the bar music in the background but unless we can actually find somewhere quiet away from a venue there's always going to be external noise if it's band sound checking or in this in this particular case there's a bit of sound checking towards the end of the interview but also there's a door banging all the way through it which um, having listened back to the interview is not as bad as it felt at the time but it's bad enough so sorry about that but these things these things happen i mean you know the, the gamma boys were um were, were super cool really um uh you know really accommodating made sure that we had you know to, as soon as i arrived they were like okay cool let's let's you know let's sit down and chat which was um which was awesome um and then after the uh, the interview um joe from gamma bomb invited me on stage with visceral attack um to do the nuclear assault tune survive that visceral attack do an awesome cover version of um and so me and joe got up and um uh, and, and rattled off survive with visceral attack which was awesome the visceral attack were superb um i mean i'm a, i'm a big fan of theirs um you know proper hardcore um and it, it just yeah great old school vibe really love it so yeah check visceral attack out as well a gamma bomb of course were awesome as they always are um so yeah that was pretty cool um what else have been up to went to see um protest the hero those of you um who listened to the first episode know that uh, their last album was uh, was one of my top five of the year, and um, I can't be honest, bit of a disappointing night. Um, not entirely due to the band. Um, a friend of mine who had the tickets got stuck in traffic, so um, I ended up wandering around freezing Camden, waiting for him. And um, but it did give me a chance to wander into a shop, and I found the the merciless book of metal lists. 
which came out a little while ago. I think it's got a forward by Scott Ian and an after forward by um, Phil Anselmo or the other way around. But anyway, um, I was flicking through the lists and got to the um, top 200 worst ever heavy metal album covers. And I thought, like everybody listening to this who's familiar with um, Acid Rain's career or Acid Rain's artwork, we're bound to have a an entry in there. So uh, get through the top 200, top 150, top 100, top 50, top 30, top 20, and there at number 11, and that, uh, there's the um, uh, mobile going off again. I'm super professional, aren't I? Um, uh, yeah, just to... Um, uh, there at number 11, just missing out on the top 10, Moshkinstein. Poor old Moshkinstein, fully expecting... I, I, must, I, I carried on the list, fully expecting to see, uh, you know, obnoxious in the top 10, nay, the top 5, or possibly the top 1. Not a mention. Not a mention at all, so I felt a bit sorry for old Moshkinstein there. It's um, <laughs> really not that bad. Pretty cool, if you ask me, but you know, what would I know? I'm probably too close to it. But um, So anyway, that... That uh, filled in a, a few minutes whilst waiting for my mate. Um, he, he arrived um, 8.35, 8.40. We, um, we we steamed into the venue. And um, fuck me. Protest the Hero are already on stage. A headline band on stage at 8.40. And not only that, but they're two songs in. What? WTF, bro? What's going on? Since when did a headline band go on stage at 8.30, for fuck's sake? Um, on top of that, it's kind of, kind of compounded it, really, by only playing about an hour, hour and ten minutes, which, I look, you know, I, I, am I going mental? Am I remembering the old days and thinking that, like, everybody played uh, an hour and a half minimum or whatever? I mean, you know, fucking hell, even Slayer do, like, hour and 25 headline set, and, you know, they're all knocking 50, um, then, uh, yeah, it just, I, I, I was like, you know, quarter to ten, the show's over. Quarter to fucking ten, people. Oh, will you fuck off texting me? Jesus Christ. Um, I, it's, and I know what it is. There's a mate of mine who's just dropped his phone and, uh, and cracked his screen, and he just wants somebody to fucking moan about about it too, and it'll be fucking me. Um, anyway, letting you in <laughs> more, you, more than you care to know about my life. Anyway, yeah, back to um, Protest the Hero. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all in all, a bit of a disappointing night. Um, I mean, they were tight as fuck, uh, and they, they were, I mean, don't get me wrong, they were they were good while they were on, um, and and of course it was tainted by the fact that you know we were late, so that's you know our fault. But um, even so, you know, a headline show over at fucking nine forty-five. Do me a favour. What are we twelve? Jesus. Anyway, um, I mean, I'm sure that's the venue's problem, but there you go. And I didn't get to interview Protest the Hero as well, I was hoping, but that got pulled. So, um, yeah, anyway, there you go. <laughs> Interviews that are not happening this month. Protest the Hero. Um, so, what else happened? Um, uh, yeah, oh, went to see Wolf of Wall Street. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's got no fuck all to do with metal, but, um, yeah, brilliant. If you if you want to see, if you just want to see a lot of um, nudity, then it's great. A lot of nudity, a lot of swearing. Um, fucking, yeah, brilliant. Not quite sure why I'm telling you about that, but anyway, there you go. It's all uh, warts and all. Um, something else that has happened is, um, for those of you familiar with the documentary that's to come out on British Thrash called History of a Time to Come, um, 
contrary to my interview with Zentrix and what came up in that interview, I, I reached out um, to the people at History of a Time to Come um, and uh, and got a lovely text back saying um, it's it's still on. Um, uh, no permissions for music have even been and certainly haven't been turned down yet because none have been applied for. Um, it's still it's still no further than an editing stage. The main guy behind um, behind the project, Josh. Hi, Josh. Um, the main, yeah, yeah, he's the main guy behind it, and he's been basically working twelve-hour days for nine months, and and it's put a complete stop on everything. Uh, uh, so there you go. I were, I'm looking to catch up with him. Um, he's actually living not far from me in London now, so we are going to look to catch up at some point um, over the next couple of months, and we'll sit down and um, and have a chat. And I'm sure he's got some really cool stories about you know uh, the, the makeup of the documentary so far. Um, but yeah, there you go. Remember where you heard it first. Um, History of a time to come. UK British thrash, British thrash documentary is not dead. It may, well, it should still happen. So uh, yeah, that's um, yeah. And the, the, let's get this straight as well. Just um, I did reach out to the people at um, History of the Times. Come since when did that phrase enter the modern vernacular? I mean, you know you. You you reach out to sit down with a mafia boss. Yeah, reaching out to somebody does not mean I've sent them a fucking text. Uh, you know, it, it's a li surely it's got to be mean a little bit more than that. But um, anyway, fuck it. Um, yeah, and there's uh, been a few bands moaning in the press recently as well about um, about people um, filming their shows with uh, with camera phones and all the rest of it. And um, I've got to say, um, I completely fucking agree. Um, I mean, I I will. I'll, if I'm going to, I will take, uh, you know, one or two pictures of a band, um, uh, you know, kind of like the first part of the show, or I might record one whole song, but that's it. But these, I'm so sick and fucking tired of being in a crowd and watching, watching gigs through a sea of people fucking recording it. Why don't you just enjoy it? You know, why don't you just actually fucking enjoy it, experience it, instead of standing there recording it so you can show other people? Well, if they'd wanted to be there that much, they'd be fucking there, wouldn't they? You know, what, what what's the fucking point? So you can play it to people and go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is who I went to see. This is what they're... Yeah, yeah, I didn't actually watch it. No, I fucking filmed it so I could show other people because I'm a fucking dick. I mean, it, it's it's really... And it, and it's, it, it's beyond. It's beyond dickheads putting their girlfriends on their shoulders so they can get a better view or slash become a target for fucking glasses of beer um it's just it, it does my head i mean there's not obviously there's I, yeah, and again like 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 last month i'm sure i'm sounding like a fucking whingy old cunt um but i'm not i'm right so you know fuck you if you disagree um just absolutely just like next time anyone goes to a gig just remember all right just remember that there are people behind you who would actually like to watch the fucking gig, you know? But, um, God, that, that did sound like an old bastard, didn't it? Um, right, other things. Um, it's important to, uh, to, get a little, um, uh, to get a little bit more housekeeping done and let you know that we actually have a, um, a prize for you guys. 
Um, yeah, there's uh, the official uh, Slipknot photographer, Paul Harris, or Harris, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, we have uh, All About the Rock have made um, a book of his uh, available to win for, to you, the listener. So, um, yeah, basically, it's a, it's, it's a, it is an awesome, phenomenal book. It, it, I mean, you know, full of great pictures, folks, um, and no difficult-to-read words. Um, it's it's just, yeah, it's, it's an official Slipknot picture book and there's uh, you know a particularly stunning visual band and it's a particularly stunning visual book um it's autographed by the author um to the lucky winner of the all about the rock competition no mention of talking bollocks there but you know we'll, uh, we'll let him off so anyway um been thinking about um what you would have to do to win a copy of this um, of this book and basically what i want is for you guys to message in howard at all about the rock .co.uk. That is Howard at allabouttherock.co.uk. Send in your emails. All I want you to do is tell us where you listened to this episode of the podcast. All right, that's it. Just looking to just to get an idea of of you guys out there, where you listen to it, what you're doing. You know, if it's if it's in the car on the way to work, if it's you know, I don't know, at the weekend running around the park or, or whatever. Don't send in obviously made up stuff like, oh, well, I'm banging my girlfriend or stuff like that, because it's just obvious it's made up, right? And, and you're not really not going to, you're really not going to win a book by just being a dick. So um, just, yeah, just email in where you listen to the podcast, okay? Yeah, just, and that's it. And, and you know, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to judge it on which one is most appealing, which one kind of goes, yeah, right, okay, and just sort of strikes a chord with me. So there's there's every single person who sends an email in will have a chance to to win the book because it's like I said, I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just I'm just interested. I'm just a nosy twat. I listen to a lot of podcasts and listen to them all over the place. I'd just like to know what you, you know what you guys do. So that's it. Um, also, one thing I'd like to do is um, is uh, is mentioned to you if you downloaded this from the all about the rock um, website cool well done that's fine but if you have a podcast app on your tablet phone computer all you have to do is type in all about the rock and you will find this podcast and you can subscribe straight away and each month when we release one it will just automatically download uh you know onto your tablet um, onto your computer or into your phone and completely fuck your memory because uh, you forgot about it. But um, <laughs> never mind. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a way to uh, that's a way to get in touch with us. And also, um, uh, what would be a really cool idea? I want to try and basically spread the word. So if all of you out there can get involved in this, anybody you know that is into metal or whatever, or even if they're not into metal, right? Okay, just ask a mate. Have you got a podcast app on your phone when you're next in the pub or you know just chat whatever? Have you got a podcast app on your phone? And if they say yes, just take the phone off them, open the app, search all about the rock, subscribe, and give them the phone back. All right? That's all I want you to do. It's just a little bit of way of spreading the word, just getting people involved. And, you know, as we get bigger and bigger, and I say we because it's like, you know, it's a little community here, guys. As we get bigger, we can get bigger interviews. We can get, you know, more people on board. Um, I mean, uh, I've just remembered another totally cool fucking thrash legend who I potentially am interviewing next month which um, 
which is going to be so good. Like, I mean, next month could be like just a fucking ball achingly good um, for interviews. So uh, you know, we're going to have to split those up. Death Angel will definitely be on there, but there, there's there's going to be some other really cool ones as well. All I can say is, all interviewees are American. You will have heard of them all, and you'll almost certainly have had one of their albums of some kind in your collection at some point unless you have a completely shit taste in music and you like like black veil brides and you're fucking 15 or whatever um so anyway yeah um there's a few ideas for you just send in your emails howard at um all about the rock.co.uk um just where you listen to the podcast make sure you get people listening too um and uh, and and that'd be uh, that'd be really cool so um i think that's enough jibber jabber for me for now i think it's time um we uh, we got into um a little bit of an interview and that interview would be with gamma bomb um interviewed them uh, a couple of weeks ago um down at the underworld in camden where they were um uh, playing that evening um with sss visceral attack as well and i think another band who i can't remember so my apologies on that um well, yeah just a, a great night really cool very um very nice to hang out with the guys and and have a little bit of a chat which um uh, which you're going to hear now. There's no real, need, no real need to go on any further. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, me and Gambon having a chat. Uh, well, I'm here for the boys from, uh, well, two lads from Gambon. Introduce yourselves, guys. John McSquiggins from Gambon. And Philly Brown from Gambon. And Paul's indicating that Philly now should do the bass. civilized it is really you know we're um touring with sss as i said they're old friends of ours they're very you know they're very grown up they make us look very stupid and uh with visceral attack who are kind of there's a good balance because they're kind of the crazy young guys you know they're in the pub stealing pints off people and stuff right, okay, and yeah, being yeah. those guys you know uh and that's great uh they're kind of being us six years ago so i was gonna say so are you the are you the elder statesman then well i think uh sss are really the elder statesman because they're literally older than us but i suppose yeah between us and them we're we're old blood you know? yeah, yeah. um and you know divine chaos are obviously they're kind of a rising force and visceral attack as well like but yeah it's brilliant just being around particularly the visceral attack guys because they're just being those young dudes you know yeah they're 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 particularly being uh being, being young uh, hooligans, which is kind of fun to be around as well, because it means you can just uh, get involved in it whenever you want. Yeah, and, in, and the thing is as well is that um, when, I mean, obviously, you know, when we were touring, everybody was young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we were, you know, we were all pretty damn young. It yeah. was so long ago, though. Uh, yeah. It doesn't really count now. Um, it's, like two, <laughs> it's like two lifetimes ago. Yeah. But it, it is good to have that balance on a tour. To have, oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, because... It's good sometimes. Those those young guys, they kind of like remind you how oh, precious it is. Yeah, because totally. you can forget that. Sometimes. Totally. Yeah, yeah, me like particularly just personally, I tend to be. I can be very. Um, 
unappreciative of you know the opportunity that it is to go on tour because it is hard in a sort of a in a very menial way you know just day to day it's kind of hard I quite often tend to focus on that instead of having a really cool time yeah uh, and you know when you see young dudes who are just so excited to be in the venue having a beer and stuff it reminds you yeah I need to I need to grab this a bit more by the horns like they do you know? well the thing is it's, you it's always the um, it's no in two minutes as soon as John does his brilliant okay well whenever we can pause it and I'll come back in yeah yeah yeah, cool well you can just relay yeah Um, yeah hello (laughs) hello (laughs) Um, yeah what I was going to say by the way that banging in the background is the door of the dressing room so sorry about that but you know that's the way it is no edits Um, hit no no, oh no no fuck that no edits this is raw yeah exactly this is coming at you live yeah well you don't you don't think any of our albums had any edits (laughs) all sounds like all sounds like one fucking time I don't think ours did (laughs) (laughs) well um uh, I mean, there was something that, that was interesting that you, you mentioned in there that I kind of wanted to talk about as well, which was uh, well, which was that when you talk about fo- focusing on the mundane or wrestling, yeah, but yeah. I, I, and I don't want this to sound for people listening. I don't want to sound this like ungrateful or anything, but when someone goes to a show, all you see is the show. You don't see all, what goes you know. Into what you don't yeah. see is the is is the other you know twenty twenty three hours of the day or twenty no that's very true hours, that's very know. true okay let's pause for a minute right okay no and then I, I'm going to answer that question directly with accuracy that you won't believe <laughs> right um, while they're off sound checking I am going to try and secretly record their sound check so we can have a little listen to it um, hopefully this comes off if it sounds awful I apologise in advance. <laughs> Right in between our last conversation, there's just been a, a quick sound check there, and now we are, um, and now we're back. Yeah, so, yeah. And that question was. Yeah, the question was. Well, not so much a question, more kind of discussion, I suppose. Yeah, you were saying that people only see the portion of the gig that they come to see. Yeah, that's also the beauty of it. You know, the, I think the, there is a whole world of stuff that goes on before a gig. You know, the travelling, the getting ready. You know, and. Obviously, it's all made possible by a huge big gang of humans doing different things that you would never even know were there during the gig and all these other things. But the the real beauty of it, when bands get it right, is when you can't tell that that's happened. Yeah. Like when you're able to come in. Yeah, I went to see The Cult. Um, I love The Cult and I've seen them like three times. And the last time I saw them, Billy Duffy was grumpy. And because he was grumpy, he wouldn't stop being grumpy. And I could tell that Ian Asprey really didn't want him to be grumpy and he wanted people to enjoy the gig. And it was weird. And yeah. it ruined it, like. It didn't ruin it, but it was a thing where when I left, I was like, here, did you know? Instead of just being like, yes, they played Firewoman and all the other hits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, like, in that way, like, the real trick that people maybe don't realise about music, live music is, is to make it look as if you have just popped up <coughs> out of the ground. It's as if, you know, a YouTube video has popped up to life in front of you, as opposed you, to seeming like real, vulnerable, bored, you know, humans kind it, of thing, you it's know? F- it's funny you should say that, because one, one of the things you always say about, about stand-up is that You've got to look. You've got to look like you're delivering your material, like you've just thought of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's got yeah. to look awesome. like, Yeah, it's got yeah. to look off the cuff and spontaneous every night. Like, it could be like you know, it can be the three hundredth time yeah. you've told yeah. that gag. But, it's but you've got to look like, banter, isn't it? like you know the best stage banter. Like I remember the first time I ever saw a band like twi- two nights in a row or something. And I was really surprised that you know they were saying the same jokes. Oh, in between. I was gutted. Yeah, I was like, gutted. Anthrax, Anthrax, to be fair, really, we do try to avoid that. We do try part. and avoid it, but there's also stuff that works that yeah. you always end up doing because Gags. you're better doing that than standing there going so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I know, certain interactions and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, the thing, the, the thing is as well is that is that you know. Mm. You, 
like you say, if you find something that works, I'm sure back in the day when Anthrax used to tour and they'd get Joey Belladonna on the drums and, yeah. and he'd fuck up <laughs> and everything, and they'd get the whole audience to go, hey, Joey fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you know that that happened one night, it and was genuine. Yeah, yeah. And then Joey <laughs> fucks up on purpose yeah, yeah. every night. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. All right, yeah. But, no, you, but you're right, you know, you've, you've, you've got to keep it, um, you've got to keep it. And, and like you say about, that, that's why you can't, you can't hide it when there's problems well, in would the you be Yeah, but yeah. you also should, you also should appear more than, you know, it's a whole thing in music. I think there's this thing where when you're into a band or you're into anything, you should feel slightly like the person you're into isn't just like a normal dude down the road. Like, I would hate to hear like Tom York from Radiohead being like, oh, groceries are really dear. I would hate to hear that. Like, you know, I always yeah. want them to be a rock star, which yeah, is why yeah, I hate yeah. it when bands like do say like a pledge thing and they're like, we can't afford to get an alternator for a van. I know you can't. Just don't tell your don't fans tell that. People. Because yeah. it brings you, it makes, you, it makes you immortal. Like, yeah. no, I'm not saying we're yeah. immortal. I'm just saying that we don't tell our... Hang on, I've come upon discovered the secret of yeah, eternal yeah. life. Yeah, well, we are particularly fresh-faced. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, don't air your dirty laundry. Like, don't show, you know, don't show your ass crack. Like, just, like, be be the thing that people want you to be. And well, then you can be yourself for the rest of the time. I, you know, look, I, look, I completely and totally agree with that. And that's exactly how I feel. But... Are we are we being a bit old school about this? I mean, I, I mean, I, look, how, how old are you guys? I'm thirty. Thirty-one. Are we? Uh, I mean, I'm obviously considerably older than you. I'm eighty-two. Um, but um, <laughs> can I get there overnight? Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks. Um, Gutted. Um, but the thing is that are we not a little bit old school in that? Is it now? Well, it kids, kids coming out, you know, downloading everything and and the pledge and all the rest of it. It's it's, it's very much a case. There is a lane. That, you know, there, there is no there's more a, rock star. No, there, there is. is. No, there is. There's a lane. Like, but there's a actually, lane. because you, know, you can ask people to pledge to make an album. Not something I personally am mad into, but like that, that sort of thing where you're very transparent, and very connected with fans, like. That's that's the whole thing, but I don't think that means you're any less of a dude in a band that they look up to. It's more that they feel a sense of ownership. What I'm talking about is like bands really showing their vulnerability, like airing the dirty laundry, like telling business problems that they have as a band, stuff nobody cares about. Well, see, yeah. there's, a, there's there's a certain thing as well with bands being self-aware, like we're just like just like people. <laughs> but like you guys, like the last EP that you guys did was very self-aware. Like it was like no no one what the story is and like. Not in the dirty laundry in public, but being like, being this, honest, this is hard yeah. being in a band. Like you know, here's the A's and B's, and like Manson did it as well with Legacy and stuff. Yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. people in bands who like are famous and are yeah. you know doing it for a living. They're living we're also it. saying here, you know, yeah. But if you're gonna do, if you can, what we're saying is, you can air, air your dirty laundry as long as you do it through the medium of song. Yeah, but to be fair, actually, <laughs> yeah. I go one further. I'm not a fan of doing that. Yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm not a huge believer in. We've nearly done it in the past. I've sat down and written lyrics about things that went wrong behind the scenes, and then I'm like, no, fuck this. Yeah. You know, we're not there to tell people why a business deal went south with some asshole who owns a record label. You know, we're there to deliver like a cool thing that me and them think is cool yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. they don't need to know that I'm disappointed in someone you know what I mean yeah. like the only thing that they want to hear coming out of my mouth is a load of shouting about zombies and shitting yourself <laughs> and right. you know and to be honest while that sounds really easy sticking with that is quite hard yeah well you get in comedy it's called being trapped in your act yeah right, you know, right, right. It's, which is where you just get where you're you're just delivering gags mm. and you haven't found the freedom yet, or you, 
or you, or you can't. <coughs> it's master, not creative. You can't really. master, yeah. master the art of improv. Yeah, yeah. which because that frees you up. Yeah, when you know. can feel what sort of room it is, and you're like, okay, yeah, I can yeah, exactly. with this. So, so you can look, talk instead of performing a bit. That kind of thing, like yeah, you, yeah, and, and the, the way the way you know, like when when you <laughs> feel when you feel free enough as a band to jam. Because let's yeah. face, because that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm going really happen in thrash. Happen well, in I was thrash. just going to say it doesn't. It doesn't happen in metal, and and, and no. you get, it's, you've got to go a long way till you're at that. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to hark back to the ancient days of when I, you know, when when Acid Rain was up and running, but. It wasn't till towards the end of our career that we were actually comfortable enough to actually jam in a rehearsal room, and especially me, kind of like not having a melody line or established lyrics yeah, was just yeah. like, whoa, yeah. this is a big step. Yeah, um, I think there is a bit of a thing. It's like there is a there is a big disconnect between metal and you know that kind of creative crazy you know uh, yeah. mindset that comes easier to other kinds of music. If you had been in a in a band like uh, in a, in a post punk band at that time, like fucking uh, wedding present or something, or the the like those bands were clearly jamming from the outset. Whereas yeah. metal comes from a de- very different place because it's heavily structured music, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. it doesn't and it doesn't work unless it's structured. Yeah. So unless you are playing the correct piece in the correct order with the other dude playing at the same speed as you are, you know, it doesn't work. So yeah. that's I suppose in that sense that's why metal is very. <laughs> very structured. Of course, that doesn't mean there isn't different kinds of crazy, original, very inventive types of metal, you know. But, yeah, but uh, yeah. but even someone like I was reading an interview with Tool, and you know, <clears> even <throat> somebody like them, they're like, well, no, they, you know, the songs are structured. Maynard comes along when it, when the songs are virtually finished, and he puts his lyrics. Yeah, and his oh right, he just fits up. around it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Which which you know, was that right? We're kind of fifty fifty on that, I think. Yeah, well, but like, a lot well, of the time, well, we structure stuff. Yeah, but like it's always like let's make this longer or change this to make. Comedy. A cool idea. Yeah, some good yeah. ideas. Yeah, we've never said like you know, I'll adjust this for all. Being all like, this is the drum beat. Write the song around this kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, have like uh, there have been a couple of times where I've heard a tune that was more or less finito and then just fitted the lyrics over it because it was just ready. You know, the song was just finished on its own. Yeah, and that's the thing uh, Tom Witt said about songwriting that I think was really true. He said some songs you have to make them out of your dad's watch and your ma's bowling bag and your old army buddy. And he was saying that other songs just pop out of the ground like a potato. Yeah. Okay, look, I know it looks like I'm rummaging around in a bit. You are rummaging right? around, yeah, around Right, I'm actually getting some stuff to just stick in the corner so when the door slams, it like, kind of ah. like stands, slams softly. MacGyver. Right, yeah. yeah. So, you going to be escaping from this prison? Yeah, that, that's really not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, at least I came up with an idea. That was yeah. good. Um, well, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to stop the uh, clanging that all you listeners are probably getting and you're just like relaxing and listening to the interview and then there's a bang so if you're listening to this late at night um, apologies but there you go Um, and actually do you know what I'm going to go back on exactly I'm going to go back on everything I said about that rock star thing because I recently went to um, to Wembley Arena to see um, Avenged Sevenfold Um, uh, obviously um, you know I was given a ticket um uh, I, 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 you know, I saw him ten years ago, and I wasn't particularly impressed then, and um, and then wasn't impressed at the arena. But <laughs> the least impressive thing about the whole thing was not just the band; was the fact that the the audience reaction was like a like basically a, a team band. It was like a Justin Bieber screaming. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all Shadows had to do was whatever his name is, fucking M. Night Shyamalan, or whatever he is. It's just to go to a one side of the stage and that side of the that yeah. side of the crowd I know, would yeah. start screaming. I know it, it is. I know it is a bit depressing. less. I know it is a bit less like 
Yeah, you know what? Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go against this. I think that's good yeah. because right, we okay. like right. we are older people, and the people in Avenged Sevenfold are older people in Fair Play, and they're getting away with it. But that's brilliant because that's what always was the thing: was teenagers losing it, was teenagers going on in a way that adults didn't understand, and being completely just you know unselfconsciously mental about being at a gig the first like 20 gigs I went to in my life I spent the entire time just screaming the entire time like, right. because I couldn't believe I was seeing Megadeth or Pearl Jam or whatever well, you know and right, okay. I kind of think you know I tend to I tend to try to sort of unburden myself of those kind of prejudices when I get them because <laughs> I know I'm being old and I know that that's okay for me but it actually is against what is really cool like those kids are having a great time that's all they're after they are a pop group like, I mean, Jesus, come on. Like, it is the same well, as Justin Bieber. I, to, yeah, to be fair, when I when I saw it, I felt like it was like, it was like, well, now I've seen this reaction before, but it was for stuff like Bon Jovi mm, to yeah. see it. But then you've got, I mean, you've made a very good point there. It is pop music. There were, yeah. they, you know, it was the number one yeah. selling album. It's not or as for, Rob Flynn called it. It's not for 22 year olds. It's like for people. Yeah. 15. 15. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's it. And the, the reason why specifically that band, people were all like, oh, they ripped off the Black Album, they ripped off blah, blah. We do that all the time. We rip off Megadeth and etc. But it doesn't matter. It's yeah. the reason why people get out about that is because this music for kids. Yeah, you know that goes against kind of cool for, art. Yeah, for for all these people who are born after the Black Album come out. Yeah, um, and that's why I'm really like, you know. Yeah, and while obviously they fucking suck. Obviously, yeah, obviously they're music so that I obviously I think that builds. I'm really old and I don't like anything like that. I don't even listen <laughs> really to music old. Like that. Only thirty. Yeah, I know, but I've musically lived ten lifetimes between listening to stuff that was even similar to Avenged Sevenfold. Like, you know, like the Black. I don't even own the Black Album. Like you know, so it's like uh, you know, obviously to me that's rubbish. But yeah, it's it's you know those kids are and it's a great open doorway for those kids. You know, they're going to get in there, they're going to find Black Sabbath, they're going to find other interesting bands and stuff. You know, it would be great if everybody had a, had a legion of 15-year-olds out there spending their mass 20 quid on their T-shirts. Yeah. Everybody would, if we could do that, we wouldn't have to go to work. But it's, uh, you know, it's great that they're doing it. They're getting away with it. They've got all their wee tattoos and stuff to look great. You know, it's good. I'm, yeah, I'm delighted for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could get away with it. I I, wish, you know, this, this really does sound like an interview to be opening on the, ne- on the next Avenged Sevenfold tour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? We wouldn't, we wouldn't <laughs> yeah. work. It would never work. No, you, know, no. you may as well have Alan Titchmarch opening for them. I think it's, 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 it's a different bracket. It's for people who are lifers. Like, you know, like who are in a band to make a living and do the career. Like do the yeah. career thing. And the thing is, like, say if you're a band had have been slightly more successful the way the German bands were like you know would you want that like would you want for Acid Rain to be your bread and butter where like if you didn't do 100 gigs a year your kids wouldn't be going to college kind of thing because like, that's the situation that all those bands like Destruction and Creator are in like you know oh fucking hell this is, this has turned into what, something I thought I never would do which is me being interviewed by, <laughs> by, the, by the interviewees um, I think look, you know if you can if you can make a living artistically for, for want of sounding you know I know that how arsy that sounds no, no, but no. if you can make a living artistically that's whether a great it's, thing to do like, you know, whether, yeah whether it's standard, or music or, or most people or, never get to do that a creative lifestyle exactly, exactly but having said that there is also the other side of it because it, I mean you know we were fortunate enough to make, for, for the band to be our, our lives for a few years yeah. and, um, uh, and the other side of that is that you know uh, for a, a hobby or a love to turn into a job Turns into a job. The concern, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you've, you've you've seen behind the curtain, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Like me, me and him have been best friends since first year of secondary school. Like, 
and there's been loads of times where te- friendships been tested absolutely through being in the band. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've ever argued about anything that's outside of the band. No, never. No, we've you never know? fallen out over girls or money or any stupid things that mates argue about. We've See, seriously ever argued. talking musical differences. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like down yeah. to the ground. Like yeah, massive. Yeah. And stupid bollocks. Like Huge you know, rise, like, like stupid shit. Like business rubbish in a band. We were going to call like, our last album Legend of Speed, or and Philly wanted to call it Legends of Speed, and that argument lasted for three weeks. <laughs> we're not loads. I go one S. Yeah. What yeah. else? The irony being that you're touring with SSF. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> that, like, I borrowed one of their SSF. <laughs> Look at those fuckers. They've got spoiled SSF for place. Spoiled for SSF. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I'm going to go in there right now and take an S off those guys. <laughs> Just be all like, but, introducing the SS. But, 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 people, but people listening to this, that's a fucking, yeah, that, that's a mean joke. Now. But for people listening to this to think, to, to hear like like you know you had an argument that ran for three weeks oh, because yeah, of one yeah. letter it's like Jesus these guys are mental patients but that's the hilarious but, thing is but that again that's the unique thing of being in a band it's, it's you, a it's, five four way marriage it's the thing about music though you know and any kind of you know creative endeavour like that no matter how you know frivolous it is like with someone called shit, shitting yourself to live what's that is that about yeah. shady coins man wow Philly uh, is just a DJ uh, just there as you know there it is that's today's <laughs> yeah. bet stay at home kids don't yeah, join a band <laughs> yeah that's that's what money sounds don't like don't join yeah. a band yeah. I'm fairly you notice that we get paid in pound coins yeah, paper, like, <laughs> yeah shady coins no checks or bank to be, fair, to be fair there was some 50p's in there as well dude we got paid 59p by Overkill one night for a buyout we love Overkill like you know but yeah awesome. 59p but yeah is this um no matter how you know outwardly silly and throwaway your concepts are, you actually spend loads of time and heartbreak putting those things together. It takes lots of effort to be this stupid. It takes a lot of like, effort. Oh, yeah, 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 the... you're, you're, to- you're, you're talking to me. Yeah. You know what my musical career yeah, is. Yeah, I'm a stand-up, so yeah, I know exactly yeah, of course, what you mean. Yeah. Like, when I know exactly the, the weird, obnoxious cover, was there like yeah. two guys in the band who were like, this is a terrible idea, let's not do that? Or was everybody like... This is perfect. Let's let's go for that one. Um, we were all um, we were all. So I don't know how uh, if you've seen. We posted the um, we posted the original um, obnoxious oh. artwork on. Oh right, what was that like? It was um, it was it was drawn by uh, Stilly Paps. Um, is he the one who did the other one? It, did so it, it, and stuff? No, that was, that was easy. Stilly Paps was uh, who lent Ramsey his drums to do the first album. Right, right. He's, he's Kev's younger brother. Right. Shout out Stilly there. Um, and he is, um, and basically, he drew. He it ended up as a T-shirt on the obnoxious tour, which yeah, is just the, the face of the ugly bloke. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was the that face was, was the obnoxious. obnoxious. Yeah. We sent that off to to under, under one flag, and they were like, nope. So we went right, okay, fuck you. We're going to come up with something worse. So we came up with something worse, and they went, love it. Yeah, right. I love think it. it's really cool because um, the colours are strange. obnoxious. Like, yeah. Well, do you know what? Thank you very much. That seems like a really simple concept to grasp, doesn't it? Grasp. Yeah. But even now, you, the, I, I read an, I read a review of the album from 2010 that just went like, "Well, this was the beginning of the end," um, and you know, mainly because like you know the artwork <laughs> tanked the album and stuff like this. So it was just like people just get so confused about it. I so the it answer was, to your question, I, is, I, I, I always thought the cover, of, I always thought the cover of obnoxious was quite clever because it does that. It's the thing that graphic designers know. If you pick two colours that are printed in a certain way, that are vi- like vibrating like bright red and bright blue, if they're printed in a certain way, or bright pink and bright blue, they vibrate against each other and look really horrible to look at. And that was... The, the, yeah, yeah, so that was kind of... Yeah, that and it's was, actually really hard to print that. that, that so well, that was, was yeah. the idea, and the idea <laughs> came from Ramsey, and, the, and, the, and, the, and what we wanted was Cerise 
mm-hmm. and Cyan. Uh-huh. And that's and that's what it is. Great. Um, and then we did the re-release and people are like, oh god, I can't believe you stuck with the same artwork. I can't believe you think we would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's called obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. it, it is better having something different or something cool. It serves a purpose. You know, yeah. the, well, like, there's, speaking, so, there's yeah. so many bands like out there like that will not name oh, yeah. where it's just like photoshopped image or whatever or like, you know, just something crappily done on the computer. And it's just so throwaway. You're just like, yeah, there's no album cover looks exactly the same as the last one. It's the last one. Oh, at least oh, with your guys' stuff and our stuff, it's more like, oh, this looks, you know, interesting. Like, mm. you know. But I think you guys have taken it to the next level because you've you've gone into um, I wouldn't even call them videos. You've gone it. You've gone into movie making. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, and and That's that the, the I, I'm I'm like super impressed with the the, the the shit that you guys have been doing because it's like. Really good production values. Yeah. And, well, yeah. those three videos, and, man. Like, FM gave us a budget of 1,300 euro to make one video. And we made three videos. We made three so And far. the second video, we made a short video um, for a song called Shitting Yourself to Live. And it was free. We got it done for nothing. Absolutely zero. zero. And then we spread it out over the other two. Yeah, you know, I've been saying it a lot recently, and I think it's, it, it's just a thing where in metal, there are really low standards, creatively speaking. You know, in terms of how people portray themselves, I think it's present. There's a, no, there's it's a like very lo- low standard. logos and artwork no, and stuff. It's so not necessarily always like there's plenty of good music and looks bad that people are never going to hear because it's packaged so clearly. Like, you know. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a bigger problem than that. I think metal fans have come across the board to expect less than people in other genres yep. of music. Mm-hmm. If you're a band who are about 22 and you're releasing an, an, uh, an album on an independent mm-hmm. label and you sound a bit like Radiohead. You will have really good design involved in everything you do. Like yeah. there, there will be somebody there who will look after it and help you have really nice looking merch. Your logo will look interesting. The inlay of your album will be well thought out. It'll be detailed most of the time. There's a lot of shit there as well. But in metal, it just seems like people under deliver so much that fans have become used to thinking, "Oh yeah, well the merch is obviously black. The design yeah. on the merch is obviously a skull. You know the the fucking the." Uh, you know, the, the album cover is obviously going to be a photoshopped Lotus Skulls. Um, yeah. You know, the type of the band logo is going to have spikes coming out of it or roots growing out of the bottom. Or it'll be the, completely fucking unreal. Yeah, or the, or the video will be them in a warehouse. And you come to accept... And it means that whenever bands, like, well-thought-of bands release stuff that just fits that bill again and again, there's never any criticism of it. Nobody ever turns around and says, like, that's the just the same as the last stuff. sounded fantastic yeah. and looked terrible. Yeah, and, and terrible videos. It's just one of those things. And like, we, we're so used to it in metal that we don't even call people on it. When they release a video of somebody in a warehouse, you're like, fuck off. Yeah. You, like, everyone's in a warehouse. <laughs> but you know? but is, there, is there an aspect there of, is there an aspect there of, you know, you, you're lucky enough to be in a band where you have, <clears throat> you, you know, there, there's a lot of creativity in all areas. And, and, and maybe we're looking, you know, maybe those examples of those bands in warehouses are either... Where they don't uh, have a visual mind. Yeah, yeah where, 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 where they, they're literally, yeah. they're all about... Like the, the and they and they actually want the video in the warehouse. Yeah, but to be honest, yeah, yeah I know, yeah, but th- there it is. Okay, right. So people want to settle for shit. Let them settle for shit. That's my logic. There are plenty of people who are not like that. You know, you can't. We can't excuse the entire what is virtually an entire fucking area of music of human endeavor that is largely just shit looking like you know and you know loads of that stuff is stuff i absolutely love like obviously i love all loads of metal album covers and loads of stuff it's the worst like it's in, just like, in the old school sodom way that's brilliant but yeah whenever you get the idea that it's like this is the best <clears> they could they were tr- shooting for the moon yeah and the, like you know this is the best they could do instead of like a vm7 code where they're just like 
See that bat with the wings or the skull with wings that Overkill have? <laughs> yeah, 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 Take that. Yeah. Are we got a lawyer? Yeah, okay, right, yeah. Grant. Who are we on Warners? That's fine. Put yeah, that's that fine. Out. Don't worry about you know, it. Uh, yeah. I was wondering how long it had been before, before, we met, before we mentioned that. It's yeah. hilarious. I don't even really know them, but yeah, they are. They are the epitome of this, like, you know. And, yeah. you know, Skulls has followed as well. We made that video off our own bat. It's never, ever going to be on the TV. And I don't care because when I turn on the TV and see Skulls or whatever, as the videos roll by, I'm just like, shit, shit, shit. Shit, and they're all and they're and they're labels who who have the money to pay for those kids to be on TV. They have money to go and get some little golf bird to look sad in a corner or whatever in their video. Oh yeah, we didn't have a bean, and it was just like, and that's what I said before. It's like the challenge is just like bother, like properly bother. Think about it before you do it. If you don't have a creative idea, like visually, look around for it. Go and find it. Me and Joe don't fucking pay Caravaggio's in our spare time. Like, you know, we're not particularly artistic people. But we do go and look for things that inspire us, and we go and work with people who inspire us. Well, that was you know, the other thing I was going to say much. was was that was that the, you know the, the the warehouse video band for what which is a, a term I think we've just coined yeah. for a whole fucking warehouse. genre. Yeah. yeah. So so warehouse video band music musicians. There's another there's another side to that. Whereas, well, yeah, if 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 they if the creativity isn't in the unit. Then what you need to have people like around you yeah. who say, "Look, guys, um, we've got a concept, yeah. and cool look, you know, yeah, yeah. Look, do you want yeah. do you want to run with this? Absolutely. Let's go out. Let's go and out. We've been very lucky. We've always probably because we also sort of demanded of ourselves. We've always worked with very interesting, creative people mm-hmm. in yeah, that sort of area. Do it ourselves. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. And like we're lucky enough that you know Rory, who's worked with us since the start, is probably one of the most talented designers working in music at the minute you know, he works on things that win Mercury Prizes and Ivor Novello Awards and shit like he's a proper design guy and it just so happens that he's you know our guy and he's Jewish he's brother yeah so you know Rory's Rory's I think been a big steering influence in that in that way but you're right about like there's plenty of people who are on a touring schedule that doesn't allow them to sit down for two weeks and think of a cool alternative to having like you know a warehouse band video you know or there's bands like you said who have no ideas and they go to an agency and the agency are snowed under doing like the new Oasis video or whatever and they've got like a day and they're just like yeah there's warehouse around the corner let's go yeah yeah well the the other one as well is for like for like the uh, the sort of typical uh, I don't know about metalcore but just the typical fucking short haired bunch of nerds who don't look like they should be playing metal yeah. but they are they're, they're either in a warehouse or for some reason on the back Church. of a truck oh right right no, they're <laughs> on the back of a truck going yeah. somewhere yeah or, or they're on a train yeah, going yeah. somewhere or they're in a car going somewhere so we're good for them or, with the money to shoot something well, yeah, yeah that's it yeah but it's all fucking, fucking yeah, but it's all, yeah but it's all shitty green screen as well you know yeah yeah uh, and, and, and like you said you can, you can tick these off yeah. Um, on a, you know, like you're watching Scuzz late at night or Kerrang or whatever, and you sit there and you think, right, okay. So the first few minutes, the first few minutes are interesting, and you think like, oh, this is this is this yeah. is fucking all right. And you know, there's a fucking massive heavy breakdown, singers in your face, and you think this is awesome. And then it gets to the chorus, and it just sounds like something off a of fucking Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Boys, yeah. Brian Adams, yeah. you know Nickelback. What? I'm, I'm I'm blessfully out of touch. Uh, I love not knowing. And you know what? I, I have no problem with it either. If there's some like little 15 year old girl, as I say, who gets into that, and you know that's only for a season. Those are fucking. Those are yeah. Those are early. You can't start. You can't you know? the two masters. Yeah. The thing. Like you know, and nobody's favorite band is ever going to be one of those bands. No, like, it's never, always going to go back to SEDC and Slayer and bands who are one extreme. Yeah, like that that little girl who's mad into them. To be fair, yes, there are probably other bands who will last in terms of their legacy, like say, Mike Chemical Romance or some other shit. 
And like the little girlies into them will graduate to that or graduate to something more real than that, hopefully. Like, yeah, and that's it. But I'm delighted. I'm delighted that metal is a thing now. When me and Joe were in school, metal was invisible. There was, there was virtually nothing. Like, like really hard European dance music and a tiny slice of the stupider end of bread pop was what existed. You remember he used to be on the cover yes. of Metal Hammer or whatever? We yeah, were. it was like Rachel Stamp, uh, Human Waste Project, yeah. Um, yeah, like Max Cavalera with his fucking hair hanging off his head. Yeah, yeah like, uh, when, yeah, when we got into Metal, Metal was in Shit, an absolutely yeah. dire state. Well, you, you'd you have been around the time of um, Kerrang having uh, the Gallagher Brothers on the fucking cover, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that was like... That to was be honest, true. they were probably better than most of the fucking Metal that was going around. At least yeah. they had an idea and played the guitar. Chamber and stuff like yeah, that. Like it was more, rebe- it was more rebellious than a lot of yeah, the Yeah, at least... On, and to be fair, like, you know, Metal has this thing where, you know, a large part of Metal is played and, you know, hands up guilty, like, by middle class people. Like, there's very little rebellion in Metal in this part of the world. When you go to America, you go out to China, you meet loads of little Latin American dudes, you know, who play metal and they're from the streets. But here, it's oh, quite yeah. mollycoddled, like, and I'm proud oh, myself yeah. in that, like, you know. Oh, no, totally. And, like, yeah. and, like, someone like Oasis, they were actually just some working, working class, class lads who didn't give two shits, like, and were just playing virtually rudimentary but catching music. So, yeah, put them on the fucking cover. You know, Prince was on the cover of Crying once, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Grand. <laughs> you, you, know you know what? I would rather that Krang and people like that did take gambles and put someone like Oasis on the cover than continuing to pick three or four labels, two of whom only release fundamental Christian music, and keep cycling through those bands being on the cover in order to drill down into some demographic that some yeah. prick with a, a pie chart showed them two it's years so ago. It's so politics, though. Like, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm sure you've had the same discussion. Like, now, to be fair, I'm not, I'm not dissing Krang because I actually know loads of people who work there and they're lovely, but it's dictated by these larger forces not by their creative decisions like I remember Eric used to do that where they would go and talk to um, the head or the vice head of Eric would go down and talk to Skulls for an entire day to try and convince them to do that or to try and convince them to put Evil or whoever on the front of the magazine yeah and like that's that's just been going on since day one I'm sure you said the same thing with Metal Forces where your manager is like might be on the cover next month Uh, not this time but it's extremely political but you know that's fine that's okay you know, it has its place. You know, um, as I say, loads of my mates. I personally used to be a music journalist. I know how this sort of thing works. And I have a lot of respect for people who do it. But it is only part of a larger ecosystem now, which is what we're lucky with. You know, is that, that is only a, a, a portion a of the pie. It, yeah. It's only a bit of it, yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't have one... Well, like, you know, you had Kerrang, Metal Hammer, Metal Forces for a while would pretty much hold sway over everybody's career. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know... Have first time knowledge of this. Well, you know, our first two albums were were reviewed, and I got an absolute fucking kicking. Funnily yeah. enough, funnily enough, I read the review of the uh, of the fear just a couple of days ago, and I was like, Jesus, that is that's art. personal. Like, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was basically it was like you know, in each to go. Jesus, you know, it's like <laughs> if this yeah, oh, they're gonna oh, make it. Oh, we laugh now. Um, <laughs> By the way, I would like to say that within six months of writing that review, Paul Miller was dead. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> he somehow he, he got, he got yeah. run over by a bus. Okay. And, um, I, yeah, nothing, more, rock, nothing more rock and roll than that, do you know what I mean? Did he get run over by a bus? He got run over by a bus Jesus. on the way to work um, on his bike. Um, so there you go. Bus Whoa. drivers. Whoa, Turns out they're all right. <laughs> um, but, but no, you know, when those... When those when those sort of few magazines were out, they they did they held sway yep. over like you know, and if you got if you got a a, a bad review, uh, I mean yeah, you you but but again you know, 
you bring the record. I mean, I spoke to record company when when you know saw the review, and they were like, "Look, it's just one person's opinion, and that's all it ever is." And that's one thing that the, yeah. that the internet has done yeah. is it do- really does we, make we you read. Unbelievably, remember the one uh, we got for supporting Sepultura in the Scala? What was that? What did the guy say? It was like one of those literally treading water in a sea of sexual <laughs> fucking. Oh yeah, retarded sexuality and bad yeah. poetry. Uh, no, we've had unbelievable reviews. We've had. Um, I wouldn't call this an album. I would call this a collection of songs. Um, that's not too bad is it it's pretty bad it's really? spent two oh, years we, making we, it yeah. it's not an album <laughs> yeah you know it's the stroke of the pen it is what it is musicians have always been the natural enemy of you know journalists and to be fair that's a sort of a, that's a mistake yeah. to make because you know the entire thing is transient and what lasts is music particularly now because we live in a sort of a digital continuum yeah. where music no matter how shit or underexposed never goes away yeah. You know, fucking Baby Cakes by Three of a Kind is as available as Django Reinhardt's work. Exactly. You know, like, that's there. Like, the Venga Boys are just as real as Mozart. Like. Things are always going <laughs> to get bigger and... Like, that's the like, there's probably a period where, like, a lot of old UK thrash bands and stuff, people weren't paying any attention between 95 and 2004. And now it's just going to be one of those things where... And like you guys and stuff are there online, and it's just gonna get bigger and bigger until you're 75, and somebody be all like, "Well, yeah." And you know, it's like you know, big in Japan. That's the internet, like you know, the internet's the internet just gonna Japan, yeah. there and people are gonna get bigger. The internet bigger. is Japan, yeah. It is, yeah, it, it is. It is weird the way the way music is developed. The, I mean, I was talking to the guys of Reanimator and Zentrix about this, and we we're like, "I said to Reanimator, what's what's the biggest thing that's changed?" You know, since you were doing it then, and now you're back. What's the biggest thing? They just own the internet. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's basically like it's the reason why we're it's, here. Yeah, it's the reason we're here. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Like you would, that you wouldn't have had that T-shirt printed unless internet existed. Like you know, very good point. Yeah, I am, I'm, I'm wearing a very snazzy um, acid rain T-shirt, by the way, folks. Available from uh, <laughs> www.funeralmoonclothing.co.uk forward slash acid rain. Um, <laughs> Catchy, it's catchy. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's especially when you say it properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, well, no, you're absolutely right. And the weird thing, the weirdest thing, uh, funnily enough, this thing that I'm wearing now, um, we had a we had we had a, a girl who I think she's about 22, 23. Um, a username on Facebook is Moo Moo Juice. Just that's a name check for you, dear. Thank you very much. And she sent us a she sent us a picture of of herself wearing one of these, going like. Yeah, I've been wearing this for last, like, you know, three or oh. four days because, you know, I love acid rain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, let's hope so. Um, I didn't mean that. Um, but, but and, and it was just, it, it did my head in to see, you know, to see this girl who's like, you know, 23, 24 Brace years old wearing, and being so pleased to have something. Yeah. It's like, well... It wasn't alive whenever you guys... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, all right, don't push it. <laughs> no, but you, you know, you're absolutely right. She must be 22, 23. Yeah. We, we have been quit for 21 years. Well, it is what it's it is. You know, music just... Mental. Music now exists and keeps on existing. You know, there's yeah, no such thing as a deleted album yeah, anymore. You're talking about this, yeah. like, a lot, actually, over the last few years and stuff. And, like, what you guys did and what Onslaught did and stuff like that really acted as a kind of guide for us, you know, as in it was easy to see... What went wrong? You know, <laughs> yeah. like it was easy yeah. to see where everybody tried to emulate the black album, or you know, America's lead. Yeah. yeah. And okay. Well, like, ho- you know, well, hopefully we didn't do that. No. Well, I'm not, I don't mean using. <laughs> no, I mean, it's all right. You can say what you like. like the first wave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like a lot of those, especially onslaught and stuff, changing singers or you know, trying to change your sound to appeal the X, Y, or Z or whatever. Yeah, um, right, Quinny. But yeah, like I think that that's definitely 
apart from the musical influence and stuff from a lot of that stuff, it was definitely. I'm gonna go to the toilet quickly, listeners. <laughs> it was easy to be like, yeah, okay, let's not try and do that. And I'm sure there was pressure from every band's management once the Black Album came out to be all like. These guys just sold eight million copies of their album. Like, come on, you guys are the same genre as that. Like, well, we, well, we, we were. I think we, that's what happened with Reanimator and like a couple of bands. Like, well, to, to be honest, it, to be honest, it's amazing how perception is completely different to reality. The reality mm. is, we're all hanging on by the skin, by, by our fingernails, because by '90 came around, we couldn't get uh, the, the demos of the Obnoxious album got a lot of interest in the states. Yeah. By the time we finished the album and went back, couldn't even get a meeting yeah. because. Everyone knew that, that Thrash was dying. Yeah, the death it, and, 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 and and that was it. Um, and uh, yeah, we we were never under any uh, the, uh, management wanted wanted the the, the the fear to get remixed. Um, but I presume but like having the that, telephone as a single of Crimbo and stuff was that a management like as in every um, other band's doing a cover, give it a crack, or so we we'd already recorded it in those dem- demos I just mentioned that we did some demos for Obnoxious. And we'd already recorded it as a... And that was a management idea. Yeah. But they didn't want hanging on the telephone. There was a couple of other songs they wanted us to do. They wanted us... I Get Around by the Beach Boys. But funnily enough, there was no way we could fucking pull it off with the vocals. And um, there was another one as well. Um, I think it was... Oh, there was a... I can't remember what it was. But um, we loved hanging on the telephone. And we kind of took it on. And we really, really... And management were really cool on it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, if I remember rightly, we kind of pushed for the for it to be released as a single. The label were like the management. Was that, was that, that Martin thing. Hooker? And because yeah. I know from talking to uh, Glenn from Nuclear Assault and stuff, he was just basically their idea was always like do a cover, bring it out as a twelve inch, and then you know it's easy to do tour, and it's just something that. If you take a punt on it, you never know. It might it might go massive, look, you know. And he said so. They were always like, "Do happy days, do you know, good times, bad times, do this." He said it was never their idea, but it meant that it was easier to tour in Europe and stuff because they had twelve-inch singles there and they didn't have them in the states, you know. Yeah, uh, to be honest, we were uh, there was there was there was very little enthusiasm from the management to um, to do the. Um, but this is what happened with we we ended up. We ended up with a management that we weren't particularly convinced were doing a great job because their other band was Little Angels, who were having like oh, yeah. they were having number one albums at yeah. the time, and we quite rightly felt that we were just getting forgotten yeah. about. So, so our relationship became, you know, we always had a strong relationship direct with the with the label, and that continued, and 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 for a while there, it almost became like I remember sitting down and having conversations with Martin Hooker, and him saying, you know, he knew the guy behind our behind our management company yeah. and he was like oh I can't believe he's I can't believe he's fucking this up as it were yeah he's not pushing it so anymore. so we we would do we, so that whole thing was, was us and the label pushing it through and management kind of going well we don't agree with it and we were going well fuck you we don't care if you agree with it we want to do it you yeah. know um, and it was a laugh you know it was a laugh we, you know, I mean what you hear that single that was released that was a demo we recorded it it's a one take vocal it's it. one take drums it's I mean you know and that's probably why it, it, it sounds kind of like you know so live and, yeah, and, so, yeah, and, and vibrant um, and we, yeah we just stick it out bang it out yeah great we've got another another live tune you yeah. know um, but no that was that was never the that was never the idea never the idea as well like getting nerdy and fanny here or whatever but um, there was no there was no European tour for obnoxious or anything, was there? Like it was um, just no, no. And um, was that a thing where it was like just 
we can get you 300 quid a night in Wrexham ballrooms and at 30 other venues around the UK so why take the chance on trying to head off into Europe look um, no I mean um, uh, and by the way everybody listening that you, you, you know you, you um, did hear there that this wasn't this wasn't me steering the conversation towards um, towards us no I, I'm literally a nerd and a big fanboy <laughs> so um, there, 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 no because there was no market yeah. Um, uh, we, you know, we didn't really sell much. We were a, we were a UK band, um, and that was it. For some reason, uh, fucking pretty huge in Ireland. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you did know, like six or seven shows. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, we did uh, we did McGonagall's, and the um, and the, the promoter was like, we could have sold this out three or four times. Really? So yeah. Wow. So uh, we, you know, he said like the tickets sold in minutes, and we could have done it. And we were like, fuck, why not? And, yeah. and again, you know, you, you hear these things, don't you? And it fucking breaks your heart. Yeah, second hand. Um, like, but, um, you know, you, hear these, you always hear these things when it's too late. And so um, was it, like, I suppose, obviously, everything that you did in Europe and stuff was with Nuclear or Exodus, which was both... Well, we never we never went to Europe with Exodus. Oh, was that just England or whatever? Yeah. Well, I suppose that's what it called, isn't it? That's, um, that's through the management as well. So was that the kind of thing where Nuclear Salt just weren't doing a European tour for the next album? So there was um, no, no I, in for you guys or what? Well, to be honest, by the time, I mean, they came round, um, uh, we did we did, we did, did the handle of, yeah, because we did a few dates in Europe at the end of the first tour with them. Yeah. Where John filled in for Gaz, who, who buggered off, and then we, uh, and then we, we did handle with care. Mm. We, that was the European tour that we did. Yeah. Um, well, as you know yourself, like yeah, that was that that wasn't far off. That wasn't far before Thrash started dying. Yeah, that's like end of '89, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, by Nuclear Assault's next album, I can't remember what, what followed. Out of order. Care. Yeah. Out of order. And, there, and that was a massive drop off. Yeah. That was a massive drop off. You know, the, the you know the the the, the from good headline team. the Hammersmith and yes having a rep that was like like it's so strange whenever you think of like. Bands like Nuclear Assault and stuff headlined Hammersmith in 1989, and bands like Sepultura couldn't sell out, you know, the marquee. And then a year later, or a year and a half later, Nuclear Assault couldn't get arrested in England, where yeah. Sepultura were on the on the up. You know? Yeah, and it, it all it did switch around that fast. And I mean, well, we went for we found out in um, we played the marquee on the Obnoxious Tour, mm. and we had a meeting in uh, in Pizza Hut next door, and yeah. management basically said the album is not going to come out in the states. Right, so um, it's just because all, and because all the enthusiasm we'd had from the demo, yeah, we could have signed deals there and then, but we said no, we'll come back with the album, right? And uh, and basically, and, and right there and then, we pretty much knew that that was the, that was the right beginning the of the wall. end. That was the beginning of the yeah. end. Yeah. And the weird thing is, the previous night, Milton Keynes, we'd had a fucking storming gig. It was, I mean, it's on YouTube. It's we're so lucky we caught, we captured that because then the following night, the Marquee Show wasn't that great. Because we had that conversation in the restaurant the before, before the gig, oh, and so everybody was, was, a, bit, like, was a bit down. Isn't it? It's good. Philly's back, by the way, folks. <laughs> Hello. Like, it's good being able to finish and be mates and have a legacy intact instead of drawing it out for years, like you know, and law of diminishing returns and stuff. And I suppose it's different. Like, we will never probably finish, finish because we can make our music pretty much for nothing. You know, record it for free bring it out for free so there's no because we all have jobs there's no impetus to be all like well this is a fucking yeah, failure a let's yeah. let's pack it in like yeah. you know yeah. yeah. see that's the thing because it because it isn't currently a job you can't quit yep 
<laughs> Whereas, like, you, like you if, you, if you think of Acid Rain's rep and stuff compared to somebody like Reanimator who struggled on and did a couple of albums that were, like, really badly received and stuff like that, like, it's not as if... Well, what I, and one of the things I'm I'm most proud of is that is that uh, is we split up. Sabbath split up two weeks later, and Onslaught split up about a month after that. So you were ahead of the curve. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and but that but that's it as well. You saw the like the UK three of the UK mm-hmm. big four. I was talking to one of the guys from Xanax, and he said that they went into the studio to record an album, come out a month later, and they said all the other bands in the scene had broken up. Like they just looked like yeah. they couldn't get a tour. They're just like, well, where where did everybody go? Yeah, we all um, we we all pretty much saw the writing on the wall I mean I just you know you don't you don't want to carry on and just think nah this is going to be fucking shit well you know unlike now it was as I said a time that was very much dictated by larger forces by yeah. fashion yeah which and it's not yeah and that's not <clears throat> yeah. now there is no yeah. fashion yeah. now every style and I think style. like our, the band that we've always tried to emulate in terms of a business model and stuff has been tankard look because right. we we toured with them quite a uh, quite a few shows back in the day and the bass player sat us down it was just like we made a decision in 1992 just to have families and record and do gigs whenever there was time, and they said it was the best decision they ever made because yeah. they got off the bloody got <coughs> off the roller coaster and got on with their being, lives. Yeah, having families and stuff who weren't gonna friggin' and divorce yet, them, like, you know. Yeah, and yet what they do do is they kind of you know commit a bit of their time where they take their time and they yeah two weeks go and do a tour. You know, they take some of their leave or they take the amount of leave they can get. They go and do stuff. They go and do gigs. They pick the right things. Yeah, they record an album every year, every two years. Great, you know that's really good, and I think that struck us quite strongly. Yeah, and they were the ones um, who were saying like you know the people in destruction and. Uh, creator yeah. and stuff is a different I think we were also inspired they have to do it it's their job like you know yeah. they're like it's not our job we've all got families and I think we were also very inspired by Dee Dee and Bobby from Overkill because yeah. being close to them and seeing that they could sustain real lives as well as a music career yeah. and the professionalism that they approached everything yeah. with was a big thing for us and they took everything in hand like they own their own tour <laughs> bus in Europe they had to rent out to bands whenever they, they own tour Europe like once a year but they own the bus and it gets yeah. rented out the rest of the year yeah. and whenever they finish the tour they'll use the money to go and make an album and then sell the album yeah. to the label so they're very yeah and you know they all have Dream their own things going on in, in their own lives and stuff as well yeah so yeah it's a, yeah. that's the boring that's the boring stuff behind the scenes <laughs> of our shit yourself music shit yourself delivery yeah, yeah yeah as it's been christened well look guys um i you know we've we've it's been lovely we've covered a lot of uh, yeah. cut a lot of the ground it's, it's nice like sort of not specifically talking yeah, about yeah. our music or your yeah. music but just like sort of music here we here we all are the uh, whole idea well the name of the the name of the podcast is talking bollocks good uh, good i think we've talked a right lot of bollocks <laughs> um, i agree it's been a pleasure and um we'll, you, we'll catch so up next time you're around not at all so it's a pleasure yay yay so uh, there you have it um, that was a really good chat it was really nice to see the guys and um, uh, as you've heard there yeah it's um, it's all good it's all good so um, we're winding down now um, it's coming to the end of the show and um, just wanted to uh, say thank you to all of the bands who um, uh, sent songs in um, it, it, yeah uh, Scimitar um, Firebomb um uh just uh, yeah tons of you all um it was uh, yeah it was uh, hollywood dirtbags can't forget that um yeah there was those was songs coming in from um from all uh, from all angles um prometheum yes thank you for your song as well um uh good guys um and also um 
uh oh engines of vengeance thank you for yours i mean so look thanks to everybody for sending the the the, the songs in they were they were really cool and just because i don't play your band now i'm not going to play your song now doesn't mean that um it's not going to get played over the duration of of you know our run because i'm intending on doing this you know pretty much forever so um yeah here you go everyone's in with a chance but um, the, uh, the, the winners of, um, well, actually before, before we, uh, cause I'm just going to play out with this final, this final song. Um, and there's only going to be one song uh, a month. So obviously, you know, everyone's going to hang in there, but before we do that, may as well just wind the show up. Um, thank you very much for listening. It's, um, it's a pleasure, um, and an honor to have your ears for this length of time. Um, really do appreciate it. Please stay in touch. Um, email Howard at allaboutherock.co.uk. Tell me where you listen to this. Um, and anything. I mean, just email in with anything you want. You know, tips of, of like stuff you're listening to at the moment that's particularly cool. Um, uh, I'm enjoying um, I'm enjoying quite a few um, interesting bits and pieces at the moment. But um, actually, hang on, give me up. I, I am listening to it. The sound of a CD again. Um, yeah, uh, the um, the Monty uh, Monty Pittman album. Monty Pittman played guitar with uh, with Prong. Awesome fucking band. If you haven't heard Carved Into Stone from a couple of years ago, then uh, you don't know what you're missing. One of the best albums released of the last decade. It's phenomenal. Prong back on massive style. Um, and touring over here as well. And I'm hoping to get a chance to sit down and talk to um, uh, to Tommy from Prong who I originally met in the Duchess of York in Leeds in 1989. So I haven't seen him since. Don't expect um, to be... Well, there should be a lot of catching up there. So anyway, yeah, Monty Pitnam album, that's pretty cool. Power of Three, um, produced by Fleming Rasmussen, no less. Um, uh, yeah, it's not it's not complete thrash, and it's not... It, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's a three out of five album, quite old school. Um, anyway, I've, I've kind of drifted off there a little bit, my apologies. Um, yeah, look, stay in touch if you want to win this Slipknot book, and it is an awesome book, then stay in touch and, um, you know, send us in your... Um, uh, send us in your emails. Just tell me where you listen to the podcast. You know, that's it. That's, that's nice and fucking simple, isn't it? Um, if anybody wants to send pictures of themselves in, uh, listening to the podcast, or where they listen to the podcast, send those pictures as well. Um, not too much nudity, you know, I've got quite a sensitive disposition. Um, but seriously, you know, let's um, let's start a little bit of a dialogue. It's, um, it's great to hear from you guys, those people who have um, who, who emailed in. Thank you to every single one of you. Um, it's very very cool. It's um, uh, and hopefully we're building something here. You know, hopefully we're, we're going to be you know we're going to be doing this for a long time, and you can be the people who were there at the start and help really um, really make it become a success and, and get it off the ground. So thanks to each and every one of you listening. Really appreciate it. Um, yet again, fantastic response to the first podcast. Um, you know, myself and the guys at All About the Rock um, were blown away, and um, I really couldn't. I really couldn't have predicted it. Um, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the, just the emails from bands that we've had in. We've had, we've had them in from Germany, Sweden, Greece, Italy, uh, the UK, um, America. By that I mean North America, USA. Um, I mean, you know, phenomenal. So thank you, really, from the bottom of my balls. Thank you very much for. Um, uh, or bollocks, actually, it should be for this show, shouldn't it? Uh, for writing in. Um, but finally, here we are. The um, the, the lucky winner of the first band competition. All of you young bands out there who sent your CDs in and, uh, and sorry, sent your MP3s in there and, you know, you've only got one or two albums out and you're struggling and all the rest of it, like, 
I, I am all up for supporting you guys and tuning in future, please do. But the first song had to be from German, reformed German thrash band from the 80s, Darkness. Um, the reason why is quite simple. Whilst you young bands, I'm sure, will be listening to this and thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, we, we, we need a hand, we need a, we need a foot up. And, and I know everyone does in this, you know, in the current climate of music, but these guys are old school. These guys have quite simply put in the hours. They've put in the years. Um, you know, they really, <laughs> they really have. Um, they were around in the 80s. And, and the, the main reason for this, I mean, I was blown away when I got an email um, uh, with their song on it because um, I remember listening to Darkness, me and Gaz, um, uh, Gaz Jennings, who was originally Acid Rain. Um, I mean, we pretty much formed the band. Um, the two of us, and um, and he obviously he left and went on to form Cathedral. I remember nicking off. Nicking off means playing truant. Playing truant means not going to your lessons. I don't know what the fucking phrase is now. I don't know. Probably just I don't know. Nobbing the dog, whatever, whatever you describe. Not going to school and doing someone else instead. Um, in my last year of school, I just used to walk through right through the school and go and work in a record shop, and then uh, take my uniform off when I got there, work in a record shop, and. Put my uniform on at the end of the day and go back to school. Get, you know, go home. How's your day? It's good. Oh, oh, yeah. Learnt loads. Learnt how to um, do a refund through the till. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I digress. Um, yeah. So me and Gaz used to go off um, and like you know, write tunes and imagine what it'd be like to be in a band and get signed instead of being at school. And I remember being round at his and listening to Darkness. Um, not the Darkness. So please, a big fuck you to the Darkness. Um, this is Darkness, German thrash metal band from back in the day, um, and quite simply, like I said, you know, when you've put in the hours, you've put in the years that they have. There's, there was, there was just no choice to be made. It had to be these guys that uh, that I played first on the show. So um, this is it from me. Thank you very much for listening. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, as always, uh, take care of yourselves and look forward to talking more bollocks with you um, next month. But in the meantime, uh, please have a listen to um, Darkness. You can find them on Facebook. It's Facebook for facebook.com forward slash um, Darkness Death Squad. Okay, that's where you can find them on Facebook. Um, and if nothing else, you should go there purely because they have a method. They have a message up there, and it says, "If you have a thrash metal band, please feel free to post your band's link in the comment section so we can check you out and eat your thrash. Eat your thrash. How fucking metal is that? Or pornographic? I don't know. There seems to be a porn undertone of today's show. But anyway, that's enough from me. I'm handing you over to the mayor, for, to the guys from Darkness, and this is their track that they sent in, which is full-on proper old school, and it's called Hate Is My Engine. <laughs> Get out early in the dark 
Why do you 